0: While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Netling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. And the goal of this co- podcast is to bring guests and topics that will empower you to become strong, confident leaders. Take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I am very pleased to have Diana. Is it Kemple?
2: The, yes, Kemple.
1: Yes. So you're kind of like my name. That first uh, vow is no needed.
2: <laughs> that, that is correct. German all the
1: way. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> all right. Let me tell you a little bit about Diana. She is a human trafficking survivor, a widow, a former C-level executive, fashion designer, bodybuilder, skincare expert, or Ms. Chicago America nation, 2021. And now is a podcast host. She has lived a very big life with lots and lots of experience. And when she decides to do something, she goes big. Deanna is a hardcore entrepreneur hustler she has closed 20 million dollar deals ran five businesses at one time and she's closed or she settled nine nine different lawsuits in a year for different businesses that's a lot of stuff going on my dear a lot of stuff
2: yes it is quite Quite a bit.
1: <laughs> it's like it did all that. Jeez, <laughs> I know that's I'm a lot listening to it. <laughs> it. It's there are so many things that we could talk about, but I really think that the the title or the topic that I want to talk about today is one that needs to be talked about, and um, you have personal experience, so I think it will bring a lot of insights and and you know as we especially female entrepreneurs go out there into the world. You know, uh, we need to be aware of these things and uh, use our voice. Yes, so uh, our topic is human trafficking awareness. Mm. Please welcome Diana Kemple.
2: Thank you okay. for having me.
1: Yeah, I was really excited um, whenever I got your request from Podmatch. I have had some friends of mine that have gone through this and it's just... It's such a tragic story, but it's it's not as well known as we would think. No, you know, and and people kind of think, well, that happened years ago or what and it's not the case. And it's scary, especially if you're a, a mom of a, a young daughter or son. Yeah. That's going out to college and to see travel the world and experience great new things and you just have to worry. So I um, am happy that you could share a little bit. And I always start out with simple question mm-hmm. before we get into the heavy stuff and just tell everybody uh, where you live right now, what your part of the country do you live in? I'm in Chicago, Chicago, Illinois, Midwestern. <laughs> you have that Chicago uh, accent. It's such a great accent.
2: I do, I don't even t- I I've never Yeah, you do,
1: <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> That's funny. So go ahead and just tell us your story. Give us that background.
2: Well, um I'm the oldest of five. My father was very abusive to my mother and myself. Uh ended up leaving being a total deadbeat when I was about 15, 16 years old, and I unfortunately perpetuated the the pattern of getting involved with abusive men and I, you know, stumbled upon a a you know, had a bad boyfriend and introduced me to the, that lifestyle and just, you know, I got heavily, not, not heavily, but I got, I did a lot of drugs, you know, um, he had actually abducted me one time and stabbed me. I almost killed me. And, oh, you know, that, that essentially was the end of that relationship, that life, you know, was cause that was a big wake up call, but um, you know, had I been more aware of what that looks like and what, you know, what, what that means. Like if we're, if we're taught about it, because they they don't teach you that in in high school, you know, I think that it would have, my life would have definitely went in a different direction, but you know, you, you go through experiences to really kind of create the person that you are. And it, I mean, I, I can't be, um, Ashamed of that part of my life, it is what happened, and I got through it. Luckily, I'm still alive. You know, yeah. I didn't turn into a drug addict, or I'm not still on the street. So it's um, you know, I'm blessed in that regard. But it, you know, it did become more in the last couple of years more more of a of a reason for me to spread awareness because yeah. I didn't know what that meant. And then once I got into it, because human trafficking means a lot of different things, you know, it can be, you know, you're being molested by family members or a close friend, you know, uh, your boyfriend passes you around to his friends or also sex work, which was, you know, the last two were, were what I had been involved with. And it's not, and it's just, you think that you don't have a choice because of the situation that you're in, people that you're around and, um, I think that had I known some of things then what I know now, it would have been completely different.
1: Yeah, it it's it's one of those things, and I'm glad that you said the fact that everything that you went through made you who you are today. Mm-hmm. And and I think a lot of people, especially as you're going through it, think, Oh, why me? Yeah. But I always there's a purpose, you know. I I really think there's a higher purpose and and those life, excuse me, those life lessons for you made you the strong woman that you are today. Um, I'd like to think so. Yeah. (laughs) And and it also, it's, you know, uh, to tell your story, if you just reach one person to save them. you know, it's worth it. It it truly is. Mm -hmm. So you, you shared a little bit about your issues with your, your boyfriends and when you were in that situation, was it, I want to get out or was there a time where it's like, well, this isn't so bad, you know?
2: I think that, you know, I was so young, I was 17. So very young that, you know, my life was just so chaotic. You know, I was out of high school and, you know, trying to go out on my own because I didn't want to be at home with my mom. And, you know, I was just out of control. And so I think that once you get caught up in that out of control chaos, it's hard to get out of it. And it, you know, there were some good times and there were a lot of bad times, you know, but I think that once you kind of like grow up a little bit and get yourself out of the chaos, things start looking a little bit differently.
1: So how do you get out of the chaos? What What steps did you take to take you from that craziness to getting your life back in order, if you will?
2: I, I've, I'm, I went to start seeing a counselor. I had to start doing something to fix myself, just mentally and emotionally, from what I've been right. through. Not only as a little girl, but you know, I didn't want to attract men like that anymore. And so, you know, I went to counseling for quite a while just to kind of work on myself. I got involved in martial arts, so like I could be more disciplined. And you know, I got got involved into bodybuilding. I was, you know, became a personal trainer, a uh, aerobics instructor at Women's Workout World when they were still around. So, you know, I did a lot of things just to start fixing myself and healing myself. Cause I thought like, this is not the kind of life I want to lead. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I can't continue going, going down this path. I'm not going to, I won't be alive for much longer.
1: <laughs> now we. I've had quite a few people that on that we talked about self care. And, and when you talk about the bodybuilding, taking your mind or putting your mind in a place where your body is something to take care of, to treasure this vessel, this, you know, rather than abuse, I think is a great stepping stone. Um, How, how long did it take you to go into, you know, get into the bodybuilding to really start to have a a lot more self-esteem, self-worth, self-confidence?
2: Bodybuilding is a very interesting sport. So, like, you know, the men's side is obviously very hardcore. I, I competed in figure, which is, you know, more about the aesthetics, you know, definitely having muscle tone. And my my build is perfect for that division. Um, every time that I've prepared for a show to compete, there's a you it's an interesting process where you yourself grow internally, not only on on the outside, but internally is just for me personally, I can't speak for anybody else because it's a very selfish sport. And a lot of people do stupid things that are, that are involved in that and don't really the narcissist, you know, a lot of narcissists in that sport. Um, me personally, I looked at it as an opportunity to grow and to improve on things that are going on on the inside. And so Mm -hmm. every single time I came out on the other, on the other side of that, just a, a, a a more deeper, connected person. Yeah. And I enjoyed the process. I know it's not for everybody. The dieting is very, very strict. The you're training like two or three hours a day. So but for me I enjoyed it. I loved it because it was just a good way to, to exercise that discipline because we get so undisciplined in our life we have everything that you know at our fingertips fast food wake Mm -hmm. up late or you know go watch tv all night you know like there's other things that we can do for ourselves that are better that you know will yield us good outcomes
1: so what do you do today today
2: do do you do yoga do you do oh i do it all yeah Yeah. i try to do two a days i'm getting remarried so i'm oh uh,
1: congratulations thanks
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm in that kind of prep mode again, getting ready for our wedding. <laughs> I, have
1: so. to, I have to send you some of my anti-aging wellness stuff so you uh, prep for that wedding day. That's awesome. Excellent. That's <laughs> good. So let's just kind of pivot from you were not so great. You got your life in order, did counseling, got your body in shape. Now you're into business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, how did you close a twenty million dollar contract? A
2: lot, of, a lot of people ask me that question. Um, I actually closed several multi million dollar contracts, but so that was the biggest win, the one I had to fight the hardest for. I was great at doing contracts. I am naturally a um, business savvy woman. I think you know some some people are born with that, more of those skills yeah. than others, and that's something that I was definitely born with. Um, you know, at I as I was my late husband and I worked side by side, I did a lot of contracts with you know different states and cities over the years. And so I really learned how to finesse that process with the purchasing or the procurement person. Mm. And so that was a lot of um, building a relationship with the procurement manager looking trying to find out what they're looking for for the bid because it was a bid. It was open to everybody, anybody mm-hmm. that would that can build remanufactured transmissions. And so like I I put a lot of detail into my submission which ultimately won us the contract. I mean we it did get challenged so we had to hire an attorney to fight for for it but I mean 20 million dollars who wouldn't do that you know. Yeah right. <laughs> So, but it was, um, you know, I was very much on top of the procurement manager and, you know, it's just like with anything, it's all about building relationships, you know, and asking the right questions and making sure you're paying attention to detail. Because when Mm -hmm. you're submitting a contract for a state bid, there's a lot of stuff in there that's hidden that, you know, if you go through each number, like item, what they're looking for, you need to address every single one on how you can fulfill
1: the bid. Wow. Awesome. So detail oriented. Yes. Yes. So, how does the detail oriented mindset, business mindset, help you with fashion?
2: You know, fashion was a completely different animal. I love my clothes. I'm a fashionista (laughs) through and through. I always, always will be, you know, but that was a completely different animal. You know, I, um, I had always told my my late husband I wanted to get into fashion. He's like, "Oh, that's great! Once this business takes off, you know." It was always when the when this next business, when this next business, you know. So it never ever happened with him. And so after he passed, I was like, "I'm going to chase my dream." You know, I got a little bit of money and I found a consulting company out of Soho, New York, which is, you know, the the fashion capital Mm -hmm. of really of the United States. And I um, I was just so eager to get involved in that and to start my brand that I didn't do a lot of research. I didn't go to school for fashion. I knew how to sew. I made a lot of my own clothes when I was younger, you know, like that. I knew how to do all that stuff, but there's so many steps in, into creating like your shirt, your shirt. Mm -hmm. There are a a thousand steps to, to make it come to life. And I could have saved myself a lot of money. Had I done my research and sourced out a lot of the things that the consulting company did for me, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't have known the steps to take if I didn't go to them. So it was like a catch 22. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with being detail oriented, I mean, it's like what your fashion sense is. So if you're detail oriented, your fashion is going to be going to reflect that. And so I made beautiful high end leather, silk, you know, high end cotton Mm -hmm. pieces that were just stunning. I was on the runway at, uh, uh, fashion week in, um. Oh my gosh! I'm drawing a blank. I was, uh, and I was a finalist finalist here for the Cadillac Design Challenge here in Style Chicago. Wow. Oh St- Style Week in Rhode Island. There we go. Sorry, I like was forgetting where <laughs> I was, but. I, I created a great brand. I mean, I, I had the branding down. No problem. People are funny about their clothes. You know, it's a yeah. tough, it's a tough industry to get into and to be successful at, yeah. and, you know, and I went to a, a fashion networking event here about a week or so ago. And the people that were on the board that were speaking, were talking about how it is like a good old, good old boys club. Like you yeah. gotta be picked to, 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 um, be successful within that arena so yeah. yeah I was just like it's good to hear that because that's how I felt it was very hard to break into that industry
1: so and my youngest went to SCAD a Savannah College of Art and Design for film and fashion and she ended up pursuing more of the fashion got an internship in New York for six months and um New York f- for a, a Georgia girl she was she was just not not happy there uh, enough to pursue that which is a shame because she loved doing it you know loves it but um, it is a, a tough business
2: yeah It was, it was tough, but I did it, you know, I, when I, when I finally said I was done creating my last collection, I, I had to tell myself it wasn't a failure. You know, I tried Mm -hmm. most people would not chase their dreams. So I chased my dream. I was lucky enough to have the resources at, at the time to invest in it. And I went out with a bang. I did my last collection at a a charity event I put together against human trafficking here in the Chicagoland area. And we had about over three hundred people, you know, raised almost thirty thousand dollars. I mean, it was a big event. Did it did nice. very well? Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. But that I, I ended up with a bang. I showed my last collection there, and you know,
1: that's it. I was like, okay, we're done. <laughs> so good. So you mentioned several times that you are um, a widow, and you're going to get married again, yes. but how has being a widow uh, allowed you to live life now with a purpose hmm. you know I don't
2: wish having anyone to be a caretaker and watch their their significant other die it's not it's not something it's very surreal and it really mm-hmm. puts things in perspective and i don't it forever changed my life for the last two and a half years of his life, he needed his third kidney transplant because he was a big bodybuilder. That's how we met, you know, at the gym. And, um, you know, he was in in and out of the hospital. It was like, it started off as once a month, then it was once every two weeks, then it was once a week. And then, you know, that's where he passed away, was in the hospital. Um, But you just watch someone lose their battle with life and just like his, just Mm -hmm. he did not have a fight in him anymore. He's like, Mm -hmm. he couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so- you know, that's why hence label free podcast. Like that's my show is that because I was put, I had so many labels put on I me, mean, not only for myself and what I've been through in yeah. my past, but becoming a widow and that title. When you tell people, you know, when I started getting out there to try and date again, it was like, how dare you, how dare <laughs> you try to date? Like, you know, I mean, it was not, accepted or i mean even some people in my family were like wow you know you you, like i was supposed to just sit in the corner and just shrivel up and you know kind of fade into the darkness which i refused to do so because i was young enough to start my life over i was blessed to be young enough to start start my life over
1: it's always better to share your life with someone
2: yeah for sure
1: all right it's time for a rapid fire so I want you to tell us about your podcast. Um, what kind of guests do you have What's your, your target audience? Tell us about it.
2: My guests are, they are all very different in what they do, but their message their with the underlying connection is all the same. You know, I, I recorded with a lady today that had I checked all the boxes. She had the big house you know, the, the marriage, the kids, you know, they made lots of money because they have businesses, but she was just not fulfilled or not mm-hmm. happy at all. And so she found her purpose in becoming a coach's coach, basically. And I talk to people that have had similar stories or, you know, entre- a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs. So my audience are entrepreneurs, because, you know, we talk about how we've broken out of you know different labels yeah. that have held us back and are living life on our own terms you know it's really about finding your true purpose in life which is ultimately fulfilling you as a as a human being
1: yeah so very true so what would be the top two things that you would like our audience to take away from this topic of human trafficking awareness
2: I think that when somebody talks about it, or if you see something, pay attention because when I did my event against human trafficking, it took me eight, eight months to to organize it and get it ready to you know to put it on. The conversations I had with people, they they it made them uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and they didn't realize it was very close to home, and they didn't really, they thought that they were immune to it when really like some mm-hmm. some of the main. Uh, suburbs here in the Chicagoland area are is a hub for human trafficking. Mm -hmm. They've got the FBI hanging in there because it's so bad. And so it's more around you than you think and educate yourself and the people around you that you care about is you're going to hopefully save someone's life one day.
1: Yeah. So you said you've got help. Where would you suggest people go if they are in a situation that they're trying to get out of?
2: I mean, there are so many different places. I mean, pretty much everybody has a mini computer in their pocket, right? We all have a smartphone. It's unheard of to not have one these days there you can google search looking for help i mean it depends on what kind of help you want but there are so many resources out there that are unreal that you know people they just have to look for it or if you find someone that you can trust you know i mean yeah. there's and they even have national numbers now that you can call if you see something say something yeah. that are that you can call as you know being anonymous so there there are tons of tons of resources or to go to a church go to a church, go to your police station, go to the fire station. You know, if you're wanting to get out of that and wanting to save yourself or, you know, someone that needs help, there are tons of places or things that resources for them.
1: That's good to know. So my dear, what is the next big thing besides the wedding? What is the next big thing for you?
2: You know, the you know, I'm sure as you know, being a podcaster has been a very interesting journey and it's opened up a lot of different, um, opportunities for me personally. I'd like to start a book about, you know, some of the guests on my show and, nice. and like how they all are linked together, being label free and just sharing that message. I've, the, my, the podcast started out as a passion project project and it turned into so much more because so many people are aligned with that. And it just mm-hmm. tells me that they're feeling There's a lot of people out there in the world that feel suffocated by labels that are holding them back, and I think that my responsibility is to is to encourage people to live a life of purpose and not feeling held back because you know that's a really scary place to be.
1: Yeah, it's a label free podcast. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to check it out. And how do you check it out? Well, let me just share my screen so you can get the contact information. So we have the website as H T T P S colon W Label L A B E L Free F R E E E podcast P-O-D-C-A-S T dot com. That's labelfreepodcast.com. And she is on Facebook, Label Free Podcast, YouTube, Label Free Podcast, LinkedIn, Diana Kimble. And again, the last name is spelled k-u-e-m-p-e-l and twitter she's label podcast instagram is label free podcast and tiktok is at label free podcast i'll let diana tell you some of the things that you can find when you visit her at labelfreepodcast.com
2: um, well you'll be you'll see updates from from some of my guests that have been on the show. I like to share their words of wisdom. So a lot of motivation, inspiration, um, any of my different sponsors that I work with, whom I've just um, got a deal with Brian Tracy. so if anybody re- is a big reader they you know who Brian Tracy yeah. is. So I'm working with him. Um, just you know an updates on my life and different things that I've got going on. I'm very open. you know, I'm an open book, so yeah. All things label-free and me. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome.
1: You got to check out her website again, labelfreepodcast.com or go to YouTube and subscribe to label-free podcast. Well, Deanna, it has been just such a pleasure to, to really hear your story. I'm so glad that you could share it. And, and as you said, sadly, it's not one that is unheard of, unfortunately. And um, everybody needs to just band together so that we can make a difference And you are making a difference. So I appreciate that. Um, Again, thanks for being my guest. One last reminder, everyone, to go to LabelFreePodcast.com, check out, and also go to her YouTube site to subscribe. If you haven't done so, please subscribe to my YouTube channel or visit my website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. As always, I end reminding everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing
0: off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself.